0: Damn it, guys. I I totally messed up one of my draft picks. Oh, no. How what? bad. What well, I mean, and I can't believe that I left this on the table and that you guys just left it there. Like, come on. The Animatrix. Why didn't we take The Animatrix?
1: I've never seen The Animatrix. I kind of thought about it, but it's like the five short stories, so it seems like cheating. Yeah. Well, yeah. anthologies are allowed. You could have picked Fantasia. I just like... Mm. I should have taken Fantasia. Fuck. I don't I
2: mean maybe like. It's okay, guys. I figured it out. I'll just cut these two draft picks in half, and then it'll—I'll uh, I'll have twice as many draft picks. That's—I don't think it works that way. It. Oh no! They keep multiplying. Oh god! There's too many draft picks. Oh god! Oh god!
1: Yeah. Theme song. Theme song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Alright everyone, welcome back to Draft the Universe, the Nerdfight Battle Royal is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafer. I'm Chris, and I'm going to bet that maybe it's a little bit more to the death today than any other day. Yeah? And I'm Ben! I'm the Goofy Sidekick! Jesus, Ben. Uh, That's so loud. All of the clipping. (laughs) You're going to, like... You clipped again. your, Your
0: microphone is going to, like, beat you angrily in the night. It's going to be
1: real funny when it animates and beats the shit out of you, Fantasia style.
0: But then
2: I die, and then that's apparently part of every kid's movie.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's what we're drafting today is animated movies. They're not
0: all kids' movies. You know what I noticed about kids' about animated movies um, since I spent this time watching them? Lot of child abuse. Awful lot of child abuse in these things. Yeah, that's It's kind of like until very recently, it was kind of par for the course to be like, oh, look at this, this cute little boy. Oh, but his parents are dead, and he's being held by his evil uncle who makes him, like, pull rusty nails out of wood all day. Oh, but what's this? It's a magical fucking carpenter who's come along down the road to take the boy to, to carpentry land, and I don't know. But, like, that's the that's the basic
1: setup for th- Three of the five films that I picked. <laughs> I guess three of the films I have also have, like, a dead parent or dead parents. It's almost to...
0: like they're based on heavy-handed morality plays. Oh,
1: please, please tell me you're not stop. doing this uh, the whole time. That has to end. It's one thing... Oh, no, we... I'm going away. <laughs> it's one thing when we do the, like, oh, my God, for, like, a criteria, <laughs> but that is not sustainable for my sanity, Ben. <laughs> Just get that out You're there right stifling now. Stifling my creativity. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's what is this podcast for? <laughs> this podcast <laughs> exists that we can guilt you for making shitty puns. that's but it's well, kind that's of like, why we got together. It's kind
0: of like an outlet and a prophylactic. You know, you gotta kinda get some <laughs> of it out. But also this is to protect everybody else from Fair all, enough. from all of those puns. Yeah. yeah. So first thing,
2: I uh, wanna everybody at home can't see it, but I would like to mention uh even though we can't find her it looks like uh laurianne gurley completely redesigned the draft bunker
1: yeah the the uh the the bunker here has gotten a rearrange the draft master has moved about four feet which is probably all that was capable
0: yeah Um, i'm still concerned and surprised and wondering how they managed to do that because it's thick mucousy membrane uh i thought was pretty permanent um but i mean we haven't seen
1: I and we, that we, might be part of it are we sure that laurianne moved it and it didn't just move itself i mean i will accept that the draftmaster moved itself i yeah. will not accept that the draftmaster hung up that jingle all the way poster yeah we now have turbo man watching over us mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to post a photo to our
0: facebook or something it's fantastic yeah,
1: it's lovely no, it is amazing yeah, yeah.
0: Wherever you are in our bunker, His assuming, eyes follow you, well, <laughs> well, Lorianne, wherever you are, assuming that you are alive and have not been sucked into the fleshy, mucousy membrane of the draft master, or have been, uh, maybe perhaps lost somewhere, uh, wow. Oh, can we take like a five minute break to go like look
1: for her? I think that Should, we'll do it. are already on recording. We're recording. We'll do it after okay. the recording light is
0: on. But I totally forgot to like look for her after last week's episode, and I said we were going to, and
1: I fell into one of the pit traps after last week's episode. Oh, an oubliette, and I got out about fifteen minutes before we recorded. You know, I knew so... I knew that you were looking
0: kind of uh, slim and, and slender. You're looking pretty good. You lost a couple pounds. This week,
1: yeah, um, I don't want to talk about it. And see, I went into the the
2: uh, wardroom where there's the, the all the costumes, and by the time I've got myself fully kitted up in the Indiana Jones costume to go on an adventure to find her, it was time to record
0: again. I was gonna ask why you were dressed up like that this um, nice hat oh yeah it's a great hat yeah but the whip is not really on topic with our podcast most days <laughs> oh. oh this is off the rails even for <laughs> us guys we've started off the rails animated uh, films yes part 2. um just to explain for anybody who might be jumping in midstream if you are listening to this episode first uh do yourself a favor hit the back button listen to the episode before this Draft the Universe is played by all of us drafting our favorites out of a topic in one episode, and then the next episode, and maybe the episode after that if we get drunk during the recording of it. (laughs) (laughs) Those episodes are when we uh, take our picks head-to-head in a kind of uh, nerd rhetoric, logic kind of battle. Yeah, like like if you were to go in in high school in a debate club except much dumber.
1: Yeah, there's no Lincoln-Douglas held So JV
0: Debate Club. I would say maybe like an after school like program debate club for like for like the 30 somethings. So it's you don't have a debate team. It's a debate club. It's kind of like an inverse trivia league where like nobody else shows up except you and rather
1: than answering questions, you just spout trivia at each other. It's like if your debate club were a piece of wood that was about four and a half feet long and heavier on one end than another. It's a little too literal. Um, we'll work on it. We'll, 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 we'll
0: figure that out.
2: This reminds me back in middle school, I was a part of the geography club. What did we do in geography club? We played risk. (laughs) We got together
0: for an hour after school and played risk. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I should start this episode off by making a couple of, uh, a couple of, uh, corrections from last week's episode on my, uh, behalf. Mm -hmm. Number one, uh, James and the Giant Peach does begin and end with the lengthy live action segment. Oops. <laughs> so lengthy that while, while I was watching it, about 20 minutes in, I was like, oh God, did I remember this being claymation? Is it really just live action? Are there two versions of James and the Giant Peach? I literally Googled to make sure. That... <laughs> um, and then also at some point I said, oh, I'm most, going mostly disney in this draft. Um, the Rescuers is, oh, is, is a Disney girl. film. Uh, yeah. James and the Giant Peach. Technically, it, not technically, the Disney Castle appears before that film. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and Incredibles, Incredibles by yeah by technicality. Te- by technicality as well. So
1: distributed by Disney initially. I looked it up. Yeah, they, okay. they Disney didn't own Pixar at the time, but they were distributing for Pixar.
0: So just my 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 whole slate was just chock full of Disney, and I did not know about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've only got two, the last two. Mm-hmm. Disney, Disney wouldn't touch Akira.
0: No. I no. kind of think that they would probably... Hold on a second. because So, Disney would also not touch Hamlet, but they made The Lion King, right? You like you take some of the good, you cut out the bad bits, and you uh, you sell it to the masses, right? Yeah. But if you take out the good
2: and you cut out the bad bits, you just have Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Uh, that, that would be a film
0: featuring just uh, Timon and Pumbaa,
2: right? Yeah. yeah. They made
0: that. They did. And
2: that was the TV show for the most part.
0: I'm just thinking <laughs> that Akira, the Disney version, would focus on, like, a high school student who learns that he can morph into a motorcycle and drive really fast, and that's about all of the details that come over from that one. Um, he doesn't
1: morph into a motorcycle?
0: I know. I'm trying to, like, there's a lot about that film that you can't really bring over into the Disney Wait a minute. That's fair. Wait a minute. I think that's
2: That's Turbo Teen, right?
1: What? (laughs) What are we... Turbo Teen. I was going to lead into that... Yeah, Turbo Teen
2: is a a TV show about a kid who turns into a car, and then his friends drive him.
1: Okay. That's weird. Yeah. I was going to imply that Frozen is Disney's version of Akira, with powers running rampant and, like out-of-control siblings and, like, that whole thing. But I also haven't seen Frozen, so I got no, no idea. Really no, like, that, kind of,
0: that kind of holds up, yeah.
1: It's just kind of like the impression I've gotten from things. What the shit is Turbo Team? Holy Steam? shit, yeah. I got it right. <laughs> it's Turbo Team, see? There's an element of body horror to that, right?
0: <laughs> As always, I think that it's just a little bit of childlike <laughs> optimism. That's the thin line between Disney film and abject horror. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay. We'll get into this. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay,
2: okay. so round one. Uh, Chris, you pick first. Ben picks first. I picked first? No, because I,
1: I I had the second pick. Oh, shit, I got to redo all these then. Okay. Okay, Chris picks first. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it and I'll figure it out later.
2: Okay, um... Normally, I don't notice these things, but...
0: All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to start off with uh, the, uh, I guess, the sake of this particular draft. Uh, James and the Giant Peach, which actually had quite a bit of live action in it that I for- totally forgot about. It's
2: not good live action. need to action. come up with some sort of penalty for this. He broke the, the second rules. time in a row. Um, I'm going to go with
1: Mulan. Alright, so we got James and the Giant Peach versus Mulan. I am the judge and we have a small sampling of Scrooge McDuck's money fund here. <laughs> yeah, and gold coins in a bag that also have the criteria written on them. So I'm going to go ahead and reach in and grab one out.
0: Oh, it's not even written. It's kind of just like pressed into the coin. That's kind of wasteful, huh?
2: Well, like, yeah. yeah, right. He, he has wings. He doesn't have hands. That's true.
1: Turbo Man, save me. Connect your film to the Turboverse.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, James and the Giant Peach.
0: Alrighty then. Um, so, I don't know if you remember this about James and the Giant Peach. Um, I don't remember anything about James and the Giant Peach. Alright, good, because I kind of wanted to go on background about this for a little bit, yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, so, James and the Giant Peach uh, is the worst trip ever. Like, I've seen Heavy Metal. Wait, wait,
1: wait. What are we talking... Hold on, on.
0: There is There is a Blink and You Might Miss It segment in the early live action scenes where um, after finding this cool Tim Burton-esque spider in James's window, his two aunts, um, Spiker and Sponge, who are the patron saints of body shaming, because guess what? Sponge is kind of fat and Spiker's kind of skinny. They are trying to like, kill this spider because they hate bugs, which factors into the later elements of this film because there are giant talking bugs, all of whom represent easy stereotypes from England, which is kind of weird. But basically, James is coming down the stairs, and he gets sprayed in the face with pesticide by his aunt. That happens before any of the magical things in this film. And it's a blink and you might miss it scene, but I would suggest, um, and I'm sure that I'm not the first person to do this, but James is tripping balls the rest of this film until very late. All right, wait. Chris, are you implying
2: this might be a Jacob's Ladder scenario? I don't know what that means, Ben. Uh, the re- He dies and the rest of the movie is uh, his imagination of what his the
0: rest of his life would be. Oh, Final Fantasy VIII. Um... <laughs> um no no i think that he survives this but is perhaps permanently mentally fractured um because I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lay this out so um he sees this magical dude who brings him uh, some of these weird glowing green gummy worm thingies and he's like hey this will make things magical and what it does is it makes a peach grow really really big and all of the bugs that are inside of it including a ladybug a grasshopper and a whole bunch of other bugs that just don't eat peaches um, but kind of would resemble your, like, your, your neighbors if you lived in, um, a, a, you know, a kind of, like, small English town. hmm Um, so I'm, I'm going to say that those are just, like, James's memories of regular people that he met. Okay. Um, so the, so the peach grows very big. James grabs himself a handful of that peach and he puts it up to his mouth and he eats it because that's, of course, what you do. If you find a giant fucking peach, and you're tripping balls, right? Okay. You'd eat eat a gigantic handful of that peach. And then he crawls inside the fucking peach, except that it kind of looks a little womb-like. It's really weird. It's kind of like he's being birthed in reverse. And as he's climbing up this peach, he goes full fucking claymation. And it's never fucking explained what exactly is different about him, except that he's claymation. The bug's... The bugs comment on the fact that he looks different now. Which can only be the fact that he is claymation. Well, he's also now their size. Okay, so No, he's the same size as a human because the bugs are the bugs are human size. Well no, he's their size.
2: They're they are up to his size. So
0: the perspective
2: the scale is different. Yeah, so
0: it felt like it felt like this movie was kind of thumbing its nose at the fact that it was made in claymation. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they get, they get they go on a series of adventures, and they ride this peach with the aid of a bunch of seagulls that they have lassoed with spider silk. Okay. Yep. And they ride it, guess where? New York City. New York City. Do you know what else happened in New York City?
2: Gangs uh, of New York.
0: Yeah, that, that movie totally happened in New York City. The Turbo Man Parade happened in New York City. Did it really? Did it really? Yes. So yeah, James, he flies his peach across the Atlantic Ocean taking a brief detour to meet Jack Skellington, who is an underwater pirate in this movie, um, which connects this film to Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. Um, And he drops his peach on the spire at the top of the Empire State Building, which is in New York. New York is a city that exists in the same world as the Turboverse, and therefore James and the Giant Peach happens in the Turboverse.
1: I like how you've also covertly connected the Warriors to the Turboverse. This pleases me.
0: Ben. I want to I be, be very clear here. I have, I'm making a precedent here where any film that takes place in New York can be claimed as part of the Turboverse. I really hope you'll go along with me on this one because it opens things up for us. But including Hercules in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Turbo Man and Hercules
2: teaming up. Okay. All right. If you ben. don't know, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie. He didn't speak English yet, and he's in, he's dubbed over the entire movie. He fights a bear in Central Park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Yep. Okay. Mulan. I really want to hear how you're going to do this. <laughs> you might think, well, this is very difficult. How can we... How can you connect Mulan to, to the Turboverse? Well... I think it is the smallest detail that unfortunately got cut out in editing, but how, how, one, did the Turboman parade have a
0: functioning Turboman costume? That would be because in the Turboverse, he is an actual superhero and oh, they borrowed it from him. Okay, well, he needs that to, to fight crime. Like, they managed to get a backup Turboverse suit. Yeah, a Turbo well, Suit. How many how many how many suits does Batman have? How many suits does Iron Man have? He's a superhero. He's oh, got Oh, I, I understand, but they leased it out for for a parade.
2: That's pretty lucky. And you know what else happened? Arnold was able to use it with no training. If we know anything about Turbo Man, it's that he's prepared, he's trained. Arnold is able to use it with no training at all. That's really lucky. And he's able to get home in time to punch out Phil Hartman before he moves in on his wife. And he saves his son. There's luck all over the end of this movie. Because they cut out the lucky cricket. That's right. Throughout the second half of the movie, when everything starts coming together, I think Arnold's got a lucky cricket.
1: Is this like your Ant-Man Avengers? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
2: If you don't know about that, my pitch before the first Ant-Man movie came out was that the opening five minutes is just the Avengers, except superimposed in little corners is just a super tiny Ant-Man, and they don't do an origin story. He just pops up and he's like, hey, guys, that was pretty crazy (laughs) fighting Loki, and he was just (laughs) there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so the Lucky Cricket was there all the time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. So we
0: have. Hold on one second. I want you to. I want you to rule on something real quick. Um, before you okay. make your decision, I want you to. I want you to verify that both of ours are legitimate Turboverse connections because I am so psyched for the introduction
1: of dragons to the Turboverse and ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like this is too much responsibility for one man to yeah. determine. Uh, the these turbo the validity of these turboverse connections. I think you can kind of just like say, "Yep." Uh, can I? I don't know. I feel like I need to go on Reddit and get some people to argue about this or something. Um, Let's.
0: Well, I would say that we've shown more love to the turboverse than its creators and any fans <laughs> throughout history. We have taken <laughs> sole possession of this motherfucker, <laughs> um, and we get to make the calls on what is turboverse and turboverse adjacent. That being Make said, that culture fair. It's, it's a lot of pressure. I get it.
1: Okay. Um, All you have to do is say yes, both of these are Turboverse now. I think... I think they're both Turboverse now. Thank yes. You. Thank you. Okay. Um, as far as which will win the day, um, Chris, you have Turbo Man show up in your original, in your, in your movie. Ben, you have your movie show up in the turboverse proper mm-hmm. thus making the connection stronger thus winning the debate both valid turboverse connections but i mean there is
0: there is a deleted scene in the ter- in in jingle all the way where arnold schwarzenegger eats a giant <laughs> handful of peach and then trips for 20 hours or
1: so <laughs> um we'll have to I'll tell you what, uh, when, we, when we do our uh, Jingle All the Way Watch episode that we've been talking about, <laughs> yeah. we'll look at the deleted scenes, and if that's there, I will retroactively go back and score this point for you. Okay.
2: All right, who's up next?
1: <laughs> All right, next match is Ben versus Jafer.
2: Okay. All right, so I'm picking first. I'm going to say, Oodle li golly what a day, taking
1: Robin Hood. All righty. Too um, fair. Okay. Um, well, uh, Robin Hood is a fox. Mm-hmm. So I think I will counter with another hound and go with Isle of Dogs. Okay. I'm going to reach into
0: this uh, ludicr- ludicrously expensive bag of uh, queries. All right. He's <clears throat> got the dollar sign on the side of it. And here we go. You're going to pitch a piece of tie-in merch. Most egregious wins. What does the fox say? What's the deal with Stonehenge? That's actually
2: my favorite Yelvis song. It's a, <laughs> it's a song about being consumed with knowing what the fuck is up with Stonehenge.
0: <laughs> I think that I am consumed with knowing what the fuck is up with virtually everything that I run across that is not easily understood. So yes, I I definitely identify with that. So the year is 1973. Robin Hood comes out. And that's pretty progressive for the age.
1: What? He came out. Good for him. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, Robin Hood needs to live his best and freest life but we can, he lives. we can we can let Ben tell us more about Robin Hood coming out. He he's he's very well
0: dressed. He lives in the dude he lives in the woods with a bunch of other dudes. It made sense. I just I'm surprised to hear it this way. He also doesn't wear pants. Yeah. It's a bold fashion statement. Very bold.
2: Um but the film is released in
0: 1973.
2: And it's before well, Chris it's before our time. Clearly. Uh I was expecting some fuck you from Jaffair,
0: but okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, I, I, sorry, I, sorry, I, I did not see that it was a jab aimed at, yeah, at yeah, Jaffair. Yeah, I, I
1: just, sorry. Yeah, that was, that's that's well before my time, Ben. Continue. Okay. So,
2: it was a different age of children's toys.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think in the time of Richard the Lionheart, we're talking like, I got a stick. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying the 70s. 1970s. Oh, okay. Not the 1170s. Gotcha. Um, So, it was more rough and tumble. Uh, Nobody thought it was weird giving a little child a BB gun
0: or... uh, Well, they did kind of have some objections to it. You know, you'll shoot your eye out, etc. But, go on.
2: But, nobody thought twice about the tie-in bow and arrow... With actual tips. Oh, a
0: murder toy, Ben? Yes, a murder toy, Chris. Lovely! We haven't had a murder toy on this podcast since I pitched it, and YouTube fucking stonewalled me. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh that would have been for Toy Story when I pitched real live murder toys that would go around and attempt to hunt you.
1: Not <laughs> Toy Story, no, small sorry.
0: soldiers. Small soldiers. Oh, okay, I'm
2: just I thought I was having a, a stroke, because I
0: did not remember that. <laughs> I guess, you know, (laughs) strangely enough, it does work for Toy Story. Toast
1: to anyone else? Yeah.
0: It does work for Toy Story. There are toys in that that universe that will try to kill humans. Yes. But this isn't as egregious as
2: the toys trying to kill you. It's just the laissez-faire attitude of we don't care if our children hurt themselves.
0: Yeah. Toys won't kill you. You You kill you. You will kill you with toys. Exactly. Because
2: we don't need OSHA, we don't need no government telling us what kids can and cannot play with. I know my son, and he's not going to kill himself.
0: You know, He may kill that neighbor boy. With the current state of political matters, are we entirely certain that it isn't still legal for a child to play with a real bow and arrow?
1: I mean, I don't know why not.
0: Yeah, I mean... And
2: I've got a bow and arrow right here.
1: You do have a bow and arrow right there. There's... Where did that bow and arrow come from?
2: Let's just not worry about it right now.
0: But maybe consider that when judging. Oh, is that it's always in that corner? <laughs> no, I don't no, know no. that I've seen that corner before. This is a prototype of his murder toy that he's brought to us. This yeah. is lovely. Okay. You can shoot it, as they do in the film, just blindly over walls and fences. Who knows where it'll go? <laughs> lovely. Okay. They do that in the movie? Yeah, so... So Ben has pitched me a murder toy, mm-hmm. um, which I definitively approve of. Uh, Jafer.
1: No pressure, buddy. <laughs> I guess mine's not really a murder toy. That's fine. I'll just get that I, out of the I way will... now. Okay. So Isle of Dogs, because I think I'm the only person at the table who's seen it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. So um, Isle of Dogs, the main conceit of the plot is that it's in near future Japan, and the dog flu, much like the swine flu and bird flus of the past, has caused a major epidemic. And so there is an island where they throw all of the trash from Tokyo. It's called Trash Island. Uh, appropriate. Appropriate. <laughs> so they send all of the dogs to Trash Island. And there's all kinds of toys that we can make for this. We can have a Trash Island play set. Um... <laughs> And we can have, um, you know, like the dogs, because the dogs all speak English. So we can have, like, Chief, who's voiced by Brian Cranston, Rex, who's Edward Norton, um, King, who's Bob Bellabin, Boss, who's Bill Murray, and Duke, who's Jeff Goldblum.
0: That's a good, that's a good cast. Yeah. And
1: um, no way are they doing the voices for these toys. Um, though. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is Nutmeg as well. So we can have all, we can have the, like, just lines from the movie, like you do, you know, and all those talking. You know, we can have Trash Island playset, the talking dogs, the whole thing. That's just the normal fare for the toys. That's not yeah, that's that's that, pedestrian. That's pedestrian. That's not the egregious <laughs> offering that I'm going to propose. But I want that backdrop okay. for what I am going to propose. Now, how they do we know that Wes
0: Anderson hasn't already merchandised this film or any of his films? I'm pretty sure he hasn't. But there's a missed opportunity there because I would buy the the fuck out of some Wes Anderson merch, right? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Can you a, gra- a Grand Budapest Hotel? A
0: Grand a Lego Grand Budapest Hotel.
1: That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, my my I don't offering. Never let anybody do that
2: because you might put it together wrong and totally ruin his
0: aesthetic. As long as it's symmetrical, you only have to get half of it right and then mirror it. Right. Sorry. True. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So, my egregious offering, in addition to the Trash Island playset and <laughs> Pre- all of the dogs... Already pretty egregious. Yes. <laughs> which is already bad. Um, there's also the robot dogs that try to kill people, whatever. Those are fun, too, but we're going to leave that out it, it as You kind of well.
2: buried the lead, and that was a murder
1: toy, and Chris has proved he likes I'm, those. <laughs> I have somewhere I'm going okay. with this. Uh, how they get the dogs to Trash Island is they lock them up in these cages that have this really difficult lock on them that none of the dogs can figure out. And they put them in these cages and they get hoisted up. And there's like this giant trolley train that takes all of the dogs and then drops them on trash Island. So my pitch for the most egregious addition toy to merchandise to put in with this movie is a life size lockable cage that is extremely difficult to unlock for dogs or for people well they're adult sized dogs so children could definitely fit inside
0: can of it. we can we just uh, shorthand this to wes anderson branded dog
1: cages <laughs> dog slash people cages because i mean the boy gets over there like okay you know this is how it you travel to the trash island is in one of these cages or in trash. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Okay. So we've got the battle of um, murder toy versus um, let's call it maybe like a imprisonment, imprisonment
1: toy, a, a captivity cap- uh, cap- play set.
0: Captivity toy. If you were, if oh, you would. Yeah. I can, like it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know, honestly, I think I'm more excited about a Wes Anderson themed dog cage <laughs> bow and arrows are readily available ben um, so we're dog cages but not with the kind of style that we expect from wes anderson they're all symmetrical
1: yeah that's but, kind
0: of the point but, like how many of them come in pastel that's you know that's a good point i kind of assumed that it was in pastel is it actually in pastel <laughs> of
1: course it's in pastel <laughs> it's, Wes it's, Anderson. it's pastel steel don't ask me how oh
0: it's a powder coating yeah
1: <laughs> Ben, he is.
0: I hate him. (laughs) Ben, I just, I need, I need you to know that I do really appreciate the murder toy, um, and I will be buying it, um, for my children, without any supervision. Don't worry, the arrows come separately. Ooh, that's a good, uh, good good call. Do they come in like maybe a twenty pack like Nerf darts? Oh no, no, I
2: just shoot them at you separately.
0: Okay, one at a time. (laughs) It's an interesting business model.
1: But yeah, point, point to Jafar. All right. All right. The next match is Jafar versus Chris. Okay, Jafar. I think I'm going to go with Toy Story. Ah, Toy Story.
2: That was... There are so many people in that movie that you're just like, dang...
1: In Toy Story? Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, the cast is deep. <clears throat> I miss Jim Varney. I'm going to go with The Rescuers. Okay. One, not two.
2: Yes. Okay. Reaching into the Scrooge McDuckian bag of coins. All right. Ooh, this will be fun, because these both movies both have sequels, but... Straight-to-DVD sequelize your film. Ignore existing sequels. We we will have to, because both of these have existing sequels. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, pretend those movies never happened, and make a low-budget knockoff. Okay. Now, not a knockoff, but a low-budget, straight-to-home to video version of your film.
0: Gotcha.
1: So, for my pitch, there is a lot of auxiliary toy story material i'm going to go ahead and i took a peek and as far as i know this is not something that exists okay um it's definitely not something in toy story two or three and it is not something in the buzz Lightyear of star command television show as far as i know i did not research every episode of that nor did i watch all 37 toy story short films that pixar has produced um, so if this is something that actually exists, forgive me. Um, but I'm pitching a straight-to-video side story featuring the aliens from Toy Story and from The Claw Machine. Right. Claw! You know I,
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have made one. I want to hear yours. I, well, I know they were reoccurring characters on Buzz Light Yourself, so Yes, Star-Man. they
1: were. And they were reoccurring characters voiced by patrick warburton there really Mm -hmm. uh which i want to voice for my story as well Um, so instead of the aliens are kind of seen as almost a hive mind character Um, so for my straight t dvd um i could go the path of the minions with them they are kind of like proto minion characters in a lot of ways but i hate those movies so fuck that Um, So instead, we're going to focus on a single character. Um, He's going to be an alien. Um, We'll give him some kind of surprisingly mundane name like Bob. Um, Like all the other aliens are going to have weird names except for Bob. They will have alien names. Okay. Uh, And Bob, and it's just about them hanging out in the claw machine waiting to get picked up. Um, it's almost Dilbert-esque is in its it, depression. Is this a bottle episode featuring, like, exclusively the
0: inside of that machine? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's totally a bottle <laughs> episode.
1: It's a shitty made-for-TV, or made-for-DVD home movie. Yeah. So we're going to save as much as we can on set work. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, uh, background drawings <laughs> and reuses them as much as we can. Um, so it's just going to be Patrick Bar- Warburton basically talking to himself for two hours, has different alien characters focusing on Bob, hoping that he gets picked up by the claw machine, and it's going to end with Bob getting chosen, and he gets popped out, and then it's Sid on the other side. Ooh. Ooh. And that's the end. Just cut to black. It's a little dark. You were trying to capture a little bit of the, uh,
0: of the gritty, uh, grittiness of your Firefly Reboot, I see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Not, I wasn't going full head-on into that there. Uh, you know, That's. Yeah. Uh, that one caught me some heat. Not just from you guys. Yeah, no, because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> it's fair. All right,
0: Chris. Okay. Um, just, to, just to verify, what is the winning condition of this criteria? Um, I believe
2: it's worst wins. I believe it, it, it is... Uh, it doesn't say so I'm just
0: thinking straight to DVD Gotcha. Okay. I wanted to make sure, because Jafer sounded a little bit like like Patrick Warburton. <laughs> that's a get. <laughs>
1: um okay, so I mean when you only have one actor. That's true. You can spend all of your <laughs> Yeah, he is your entire cast budget. <laughs> you know would be great if you if you
0: got him for like um let's say let's let's say maybe that was a mini series, you get him for like five episodes, he quits, and you have to get the six with somebody else um okay so we've got a couple of um a couple of standbys that we've got to uh cast first so if anybody's not familiar with the rescuers uh features bernard uh, who was voiced by bob newhart mm-hmm. fantastic elder uh, statesman of actors and voice acting um, and also bianca who is voiced by eva gabor um, and I only learned yesterday that Eva Gabor's sisters are named Zaza Gabor mm-hmm. and Magda Gabor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a sneaking suspicion that they are the three witches from that Shakespeare play. Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth. Um, because Eva, Zaza, and Magda all sound like names that I've come across while playing Diablo 3. Okay. Um, Okay, so we've got these two mice that we need to cast, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, we're going 3D. 3D animation. We're going to avoid all of the charm of the original, beautifully hand-painted backdrops. Lovely animation. This is considered Disney's best uh, animated film past their golden age, right? This was something that, in France, this movie sold more tickets than Star Wars. I'm I'm not making that up. Right? This was a huge hit for them. So we got to be respectful. So for Bernard, we've got to replace Bob Newhart, who is unfortunately no longer among us, right? Uh Um, So we got to get somebody who means the same to our generation as Bob Newhart meant to their generation. Somebody who's been around the block, who has a pedigree of voice acting. Uh, Something in Gilbert Gottfried. Um, I think that... uh, No reaction. (laughs) I said, hmm... (laughs) It's a, it's a really bad decision, Ben. I want to make that clear. Gilbert Gottfried is a very poor fit for this character. But he's a great voice actor. He's a consummate professional. He, he, absolutely he is. Uh, which is why for Bianca, we're going to go with fucking Paris Hilton. Um, uh, Paris Hilton putting on a ridiculous French accent, despite the fact that the character Bianca is Hungarian. Which I didn't even remember. She's Hungarian, hmm. not French. Neither of the two mouths. Ma- Hmm. Mice in this film are French.
2: You almost said mouses, didn't you?
0: I almost said mices. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so once we've got that taken care of, um, we need an orphan uh, for them to rescue. And I'm thinking that we're going to go to... Um... The source and kill somebody's parents? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm
1: thinking... Wow, Ben. First murder toy, and now this. <laughs> he
0: loves Batman. It's his. It's like in his wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I invented the concept of murder toys on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did not invent it. I brought it into our milieu. Um, A fact for which I'm sure our many listeners are eternally grateful. Yep. (laughs) Um, So we need an orphan and we need kind of a scenario for them, right? So we've got in the first film um, Penny, the uh, blonde head. I think that probably the way my my grandma would would phrase it is that she's toe-headed. Because that was the way that you called somebody blonde in a very kind of disrespectful way back then. Okay. <laughs> um, my grandma's not um, disrespectful at all. I, I should take that back. But um, she's like buck-toothed and she's adorable. And you wonder how on earth somebody could have passed her over. Maybe that there was something that, that was going on in that film we weren't aware of. Like maybe she smelled really bad. Um, but she's a lovely orphan, so we need to find somebody who's going to make a similarly lovely orphan, and we need to find a place for them to be from. So we had, like, the swamp. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess she was from the city, and then she got moved to a swamp. Um, And then we have uh, Down Under, right? We've got Australia. We've got a little boy who befriends a golden eagle. Well, we're ignoring the sequels, so... Okay, okay. Well, I'm saying that in the the mold of rescuer films, Mm -hmm. we need an orphan, we need them to be from someplace. And I'm going to think maybe that... We're going to cast as our orphan um, Miley Cyrus, Um, current age Miley Cyrus, (laughs) Um, putting on putting on a a voice uh, of a much younger Miley Cyrus, Um, not Hannah Montana. No, No. she's she's going to straight method act this thing. She's going a little more authentic. Um, It's going to be awful. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe the circumstance that she's being rescued from is some kind of Heaven's Gate cult. Um, oh nice. Something where, like, uh, it's, it's you know how, like, in some Disney films, the kids are watching for, like, the fun and, the, like, the action and everything, and the adults are like, oh, oh that's that's kind of nice. It's going to be like a standard Rescuers film, except that the adults are going to be like, oh, my God, these <laughs> people are going to kill themselves. <laughs> um, so the Rescuers are going to have to rescue this um, poor, um uh, really overacted orphan, uh, from, from a deadly cult. Um, and it's going to feature, um, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo as a lizard, I'm, I'm thinking. You got to get, like, a notable person, uh, who you can probably get for, like, pennies, um, to play some kind of prominent lizard or, or, like, perhaps bird role in these kinds of films. So yeah, let's throw in John Leguizamo. Laser
2: disc only, Ben. Okay, Chris, I was 95% sure you were going to say, and who do they need to rescue? But this young orphan boy living with his abusive aunts who's tripping out on peach. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to tie them in together. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed in that. But uh, most of all, I'm I'm sad because making it 3D, that's just so much more work. And straight to DVD is not a place for more work. You go Hanna-Barbera, you go half as many frames, all animated in Korea. (laughs) I'm going with Jafer on this
1: one. Okay. All right, well, that is the end of the first round. Uh, Ben has one point, and I have two points. And we head into the second set of matches, and the top match is Ben versus Chris. I'm going to go with Moana. Okay. Chris? I'm going to
0: go with Cowboy Bebop, the movie.
1: All right. This is going to be an interesting matchup. Let me reach into this bag here. Three, two, one, let's jam. Alright, let's see here. Make one change to ruin your film. Worst film wins. Biggest, easiest way to uh
2: uh ruin Moana Make Moana be a guy.
1: Okay. Moana's a guy. Okay, Juan is a guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's fair. It's just a dude who does well. Okay. Sounds boring.
1: Chris? <laughs> <laughs> who
2: teams up with The Rock. Hey, pretty awesome day for me. <laughs> Mo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's me, Mo. All right. Um, okay, I need a little background on this. Are you guys both familiar with Resident Evil? Yes. Okay, yes. so in the original Resident Evil and the HD remakes of this, the music is great, right? Yeah. It's eerie, it's
1: it's, it's just, peculiar. it builds yeah, the tension.
0: There was a director's cut made in the United States.
1: Yeah, you um, were almost a Jill sandwich.
0: Yeah, this director's cut just totally annihilated the soundtrack. It went from being one of the best horror game soundtracks to being this, like, absurd it sounded like the sound chip on your playstation was malfunctioning it was so bad the best thing about cowboy bebop is that the music is excellent Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) to ruin this film it is a silent movie now (laughs) no dialogue no music still long extended sequences where music would fit just to tease you (laughs)
1: Okay. Um. I'm trying to think which I would be more disappointed to see if I had gone and just seen them in theaters. And I think if I saw the silent film version of uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door here, I would probably had been very confused but forced myself to like it because uh, Watanabe can do no wrong. <laughs> I probably would have liked it, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: You, would, you <laughs> would like it because Chris would have walked out like, it's so avant-garde. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. can I change my answer? <laughs> <out>? <laughs> so here's what we're going to do instead. Um, this, this film takes place in the middle of the series chrono- chronologically. One of the main characters is going to die in this film and we're not going to explain it because nothing ever came out of this Cowboy Be- Bebop universe ever again. So that's what I'm if I could go back in time, if I could turn back time. Well, so as we know, I would kill, time travel isn't a real thing. I would kill Spike probably.
1: <laughs> just kill Spike in episode 23 <laughs> before the finale and just like erase him out of the remaining episodes. <laughs> just just not like cut the scenes literally just erase him as an animation
0: yeah. we're talking uh, we're talking garfield without garfield kind of yeah, Love garfield without garfield.
1: yeah. okay All right. um <laughs> so ben yeah your initial pitch yeah beats chris's initial pitch you, you can't take his second pitch he made his pitch i'm going to i'm gonna put it to vote On whether or not... (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) No. Even I think that's crooked. (laughs) Okay, good. That's all I needed to hear. Ben wins. Yeah. What are you talking about? We don't need... You don't want another movie of male empowerment? No, we don't need one. What? No, it's fine. I would not have seen Mo the movie, under any circumstance. I mean... It took enough to get me to see Moana, Mo- and I was wrong about that. Moana thought, was fantastic. I hadn't
0: thought about the fact the movie is just Mo. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Boy learns how to sail, teams up with The Rock. It's a yeah.
1: pretty good day. Yeah. Solid day. Good for you. Fights, Flight of the Concords, whatever. All right. The next match is Jafar versus Ben. Mm-hmm. All right. Um gonna take Batman Mask of the phantasm. All right, I will take up. okay. okay. Let's reach into these um,
0: these coins here and um, okay. what is the best moment from your film? Use your best announcer voice announcer voice? I'm guessing that Ben wrote this one when he was still doing the voice at the beginning of the podcast that we forced him to abandon. Well, but just
1: like, like you're
0: doing the the commercial
2: for it.
1: Okay, so I don't think I've done one of these before. So we're talking about something like in a world like that kind of style. Uh, You can do that. That's kind of of a trailer. Yeah, trailer voice. Well, yeah. Feel free to like, feel free to play with the space. I don't, okay. Okay. We're going to play with the
0: space a little bit on this one.
1: The best moment from your film, use Mm -hmm. your announcer voice. So, like, am I, like, play-by-playing it? No, just, like, talk about it. Sell this moment.
0: In a weird voice. What was your best moment from your film? Use your best announcer voice.
1: making sure I get the characters involved in this right. Because I'm making sure that I'm thinking of the right Batman movie. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yes. This is the only mainline Batman film. And by, by mainline, I mean not Batman um, Beyond. To feature the phantasm, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, the titular titular character is only in this and only existed in this but the story that was adapted for this was batman year two they yes. just added the phantasm and i want to make sure that the best part of batman year two was in this movie and i'm not sure i'm, I'm, try, I'm just trying to make sure that it actually happened in here it has to have. It's like the most iconic scene in Batman Year 2. I don't know if I've ever read Batman
0: Year 2. So Batman Year 2, the whole deal with Batman Year 2 is that there's this dude who's doing the same thing as Batman, except that he's just killing criminals left and right. Yeah. And Batman's like,
1: this dude is just a straight up murderer. Um, I better stop him. Well, and then he likes, I better stop him because he's a straight up murderer. And he stops straight-up murderer who is not the Phantasm but is the Phantasm and Mask of the Phantasm from killing Joe Chill, knowing that Joe Chill killed his parents. Yes. And then takes, like, Joe Chill's gun that he knows was used to kill his parents and puts it in the foundation of, like, a Wayne Center for Orphans or something ridiculous. Like, literally just make sure it gets covered in concrete so that yeah. it's, like, gone forever and is symbolically being used to help
0: orphans i want to say that there's an entire sequence too where batman has joe chill's gun
1: and he he almost kills joe chill with joe chill's gun he
0: holsters the gun on the bat suit which is a a great look
1: yeah yeah it's just like he's (laughs) there's the moment where he is about to be a killer and if there was one person he was going to go for and do it it's joe chill in this in this situation Mm -hmm. and he can't bring himself to do it you know, he understands that that's not who he is and that's not his way.
0: Yeah. I and don't, that's,
1: that's the best moment. I don't think that that happens in Mask of the Fantastic. Fuck. Beca- For
0: a second,
2: I, I'm This is what happens something... when I
1: lose my week into a pit <laughs> in the middle of the bunker.
2: I confused Joe Chill and Joe Cool...
1: Like, <laughs> the, Snoopy the, the, <laughs> like, So I just confused <laughs> Joe Cool and Joe Camel. Oh no. <laughs> Joe's all the way
2: down. I just had this this vision of like the the, the the scene is like the flash like flash, the pearls, flash like uh the parrots on the ground and then just Snoopy
0: leaning up against a wall with a gun.
1: <laughs> and I had the exact same moment, but with, with Joe the, Camel. Joe Camel. <laughs>
0: And I had the, the exact same moment, in, but instead of being shot and the pros going everywhere, um, Bruce Wayne and his two parents are forced to eat disgusting things in front of a, like a, front of a television audience. Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan.
1: <laughs> okay, so there is a moment that is very similar, but instead of Joe Chill, it is the Joker in Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. So, in a world where the Batman may be forced to kill. Where will he stand? Will he stand by idly and let someone else do the dirty work that he cannot bring himself to do? Braum. Or will his morals and code prevail and will he save his arch-nemesis knowing the suffering that it will bring to others later? Doom, doom, doom. Braum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I got the Brahms I, there for I appreciate you. that. Thank yeah, you. It's yeah.
1: important. Yeah. Bums are
0: important. Um, I would love to see Chris Nolan do Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to have seen Chris Nolan do Year 2 instead of Dark Knight. Dark Knight was great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't make Dark Knight. But there was some other directions he could have gone especially with dark knight rises just because he jumps so far ahead year two is kind of problematic to remake in a modern
0: dc universe because um, batman in general can have some dark storylines but the amount of fucking killing in that one
1: is pretty pretty high i mean have you seen justice league or Batman versus Superman? No, because it fucking fits in real good with the current <laughs> DCU cinematic universe, yeah. except for Wonder Woman, which was lovely. I guess fucking Wonder Woman. Oh, oh god, it was so good. I guess the Joker did put a pencil in a dude's
0: eye hole. So maybe, maybe we're maybe we're in a in a world right now where you could do some of the some of the more violent Batman stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Ben.
2: So. Uh, the question is, best moment, right? Mm-hmm. The best moment of Up is hands down the beginning. You see love and a life over the course of five minutes. Uh, it is sweet, it is poignant, and it is done with, I believe, no dialogue
0: whatsoever. Oh, excellent. I'm so looking forward to brabbing on this one.
2: <laughs> so. I I, I'm trying not to get choked up just thinking about it. Because.
1: You can get choked up, Ben. It's oh, man. emotional.
2: Yeah, but not. Announcers don't get choked
0: up in a world. <laughs> That's it, not how it works. <laughs> Play with the space, Ben. Yeah. Play with the space, pen. I was on board for that. Yeah. yeah let's hear it. Let's, let us Let's. Embrace this. Let's do the first ever, you know, honest movie trailer in, like, sobbing. Just, like, yeah. totally racked by ang-
1: <laughs> anguish and, and poignancy. Yeah, remember the time Ben cried on pod? It was meaningful.
0: Wasn't <laughs> it sweet how I brommed all over it, though?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> sweet so, bombing, bro. So, boom, 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 In a world where... Love is real, where love is true. Brom. We see two young friends become lovers.
0: Brom.
2: Embrace the journey of life together. Brum, 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 brum. Find ways to both live and work towards their same shared goals of adventure. But when one adventure ends, a new one begins.
0: That was the explosion in the trailer. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I've I've seen this film. It's a really good movie, mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, both times they they go back to the the photo album, I just started weeping. <laughs> Eventually, I will watch
0: this movie. Oh, you need to see yeah, it. I should watch this too. You I'm guys gonna, haven't seen Up. Nope. I'm, I'm going to give this to one to Ben because he cried. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give it to. I want all of our listeners to know that he was holding back. Not even holding back. We've edited, the, edited this, consist, you know, like considerably to remove all of the tears. Um, I had to brome several times over, uh, in in fact, because we lost so many takes because Ben was just bawling openly. So, yeah, Ben, you get the point on this one.
2: I, I wouldn't even, I'm not even ashamed. That's fine, man. You do look a little dehydrated, though. Yeah, you might need yeah.
1: some water. All
0: right, uh, Chris versus Jafar. All right, call your shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Maybe I am. I don't know. I'm going to go with Galaxy Express 999, or as it's known in Japan, Galaxy Express 3-9. Because I don't know, but that's how they do it. Okay.
1: Three nines. All right. Triple nine? Yeah. And Jafar? I'm going to go ahead and make this an animu battle, and I'll go with Akira. Okay.
2: It was a weebo fight. Hold on. Okay, reaching into the bag. Oh, okay, this would have been the same for me. What is the darkest moment in your film? Saddest wins.
0: Hmm.
2: Because we have found out one universal truth of children's movies. They are all way sadder than we remember.
1: Yep. I mean, of the films on this l- of our combined list that are considered children's films, Akira is not a <laughs> film for children. Galaxy
0: Express is not also. Um, okay. Uh, so just a little bit of setup for people who don't know this film, mm-hmm. although you should go see this. The basic setup for Galaxy Express 999 is that it's in a future. Um, also, if you've seen Harlock or um, uh, Queen Emeralds, um, any of those films are in the same universe as this one. They're kind of like kind of shared loose continuity, but mm-hmm. it's in a, a world where um, humans are rapidly uh, setting aside their organic bodies for robot bodies. Right? Mm. Robots, eh? Robots. and the only kind of like response to this is like freedom fighters and pirates who are kind of standing up against it. So. It's this, like, cool mixture of, like, Wild West with Space Pirates and kind of, like, I mean, n- not even a little bit. This is proto-Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Um, the story is set up that um, Tetsuro, who is the lead character, meets Maytel, um, who is uh, a beautiful blonde woman who reminds um, Tetsuro of his mother, mm. um, who was trying to get Tetsuro aboard the galaxy express 999 because at the end of the galaxy express um, its trail like its track because this is a train that goes through space um, you get off in the andromeda galaxy and you are given a free mechanical body and so you can live forever and tetsuro and his mom are like dirt poor and they're like struggling through the snow um and they're they're gonna make it out right like the, the they can see the train has made it into station they're gonna be there they're gonna be able to get on and ride the train away, um, avoiding a, a life of misery, poverty, and demise, right? And they are, like, literally almost there. When who arrives, Ben? Count Mecca. Ah, yes, of course. And his time castle, of course. Which I still don't quite understand. I think it's like a castle that shows up at certain points in time, almost like a TARDIS. So maybe this dude is like a really shitty Time Lord of some Mm -hmm. sort. Oh, is there another kind? But he's like a robot cyclops, so it's kind of distinct from, you know, like Matt Smith, um, Peter Capaldi, like, does not look like those people. And also, he hunts humans for sport. As you do. And he shoots Tetsuro's mother. And then he mounts her like a fucking trophy in his time castle.
2: Okay.
0: Tetsuro is six years old, I think at this point. He spends the next six years kind of like growing up as like a street orphan, like Aladdin style. Mm -hmm. Eventually he meets Maytel. They get him on board the Galaxy Express. Um, And he carries out his mission of vengeance at the ripe age of 12. And murders a ton of people. And at the very end of that, he arrives at the Time Castle. And confronts Count Mecca in his stately boardroom. Above the fireplace of which is mounted his mother.
1: That's pretty dark. Okay, so Akira. Um, it's a movie at its core about two orphans. Mm -hmm. Um, The slightly older of which basically rate Canada, who basically raises Tetsuo has his younger brother.
0: Very very similar names. Yeah. Okay. Tetsuo versus Tetsuro.
1: Yeah, um, different characters. Um, Although Tetsuo does kill a shit ton of people too. Okay. But I'll get to that. Um, So they are in a biker gang in Neo-Tokyo because Tokyo was destroyed uh, 20-some years ago, right? So they rebuilt Tokyo into Neo-Tokyo, as one does. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Tokyo is destroyed, there will be Neo-Tokyo, if Tokyo is ever... Anyways, Um, so... Uh, This leads to a series of things um, where they accidentally find out that Tetsuo is an incredibly powerful psychic. Okay. Um, And his powers get out of control. Um, We find a handful of psychic children that the government keeps around uh, that actually uh, one of which is Akira, who is in cryogenic storage in pieces because he was so powerfully psychic that he couldn't, like, be left alive. Um, and he is what destroyed Tokyo 20 years ago. His power uh-huh. was so... His psychic power was so strong.
0: Yeah, he descended from the heavens with a spear, like a, and he was like a giant monster, and he destroyed the whole thing. Yeah. That was Evangelion. Um, Damn it. <laughs> so, uh... That anyways... It was, was um, a totally intentional gaffe. Just want my, my anime cred <laughs>
1: You're fine. You're fine. It was a joke. Everyone knows it was a joke. Um, so, it ends, um, in the, um, Olympic Stadium in Neo-Tokyo because they're hosting the Olympics soon. Um, and it comes down to a showdown where Canada is trying to kill Tetsuo, um, because his power is growing so out of control that he is causing a lot of harm to both himself and others, um, Tetsuo starts to uh, mutate into this terrible monster, has his psychic power just causes his body to start spontaneously growing. Yeah. Um, killing Canada's girlfriend um, and swallowing Canada whole. Um, and then the psychic kids grab him, and like Akira is awakened and pulls everyone into a pocket dimension. Right? So it's like. As okay, you do. As you do. So in this pocket dimension. Canada relives Tetsuo's childhood and the childhoods of the other kids and so he sees the government experimenting on these kids he sees how much of a older brother and father figure he is to Tetsuo who he was just trying to kill and it's a super soul-crushing experience um, that ends with Tetsuo and Akira accidentally killing everyone in Tokyo in a blast that mirrors the one that destroyed Tokyo 20 years ago. And then Tetsuo kills everyone in the universe by causing another big bang because humanity is so fundamentally broken and the universe is so fundamentally broken that there needs to be another shot, another go. And then Shinji is on this beach
0: and, and
1: uh... also, also (laughs) Evangelion, um, (laughs) So, the saddest moment is that um, people were so terrible to these children that the only possible recourse is to restart the universe.
0: Hmm.
1: Man, anime is sad. Anime is real sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I can see why Dragon Ball Z is kind of given to kids as kind of like a, here's like a a stepladder to the, the darker stuff. In Dragon Ball Z, you get dragon balls to wish you out of all those pocket dimensions with grotesque body horror things that destroy the universe
1: yeah
2: wow i'm real bummed out guys yeah
0: sorry well
2: killing the universe is a bummer on an existential level i gotta give this to the visceral reaction of stuffed
0: mom Uh, stuffed
1: mom's rough yeah
0: (laughs) although although in maybe we shouldn't word it as stuffed mom in some northern states and provinces it is kind of like a delicacy you know like baked alaska well to be fair when he first said it uh that what count mecca Mecca. he said count mecca mounts
2: her and i'm like oh no, oh jesus he's like on the wall above the fireplace i'm like
1: Okay, oh. that's, yeah, I, I, I did not know where this was going. <laughs> I mean, Chris's introduction to this movie was talking about scrambled TV signals, <laughs> Yes, so I true. wasn't going to be surprised.
0: <laughs> I was recreating a moment from my past. Oh, no, no I'm, not oh, 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 by the way, I'm not faulting you. By yet. the way, it turns out that uh, my nostalgic remembrance of this film does not include Stuffed and mounted mom <laughs> uh, does not include that at all. I uh, just totally kind of uh, just f- f- that sunk right down into the good old uh, subconscious. And uh, I- I'm-, I'm sure I've processed it in some way by now. But
1: <laughs> Okay. Well, that's the end of the second round. Um, ben, you've got three points mm-hmm. and I've got two. So we're going to the finals. Okay. <sighs> I don't get to talk about the Incredibles. That's fine. The Incredibles is really
0: good. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. I was watching it and I was like, "This is just good." I don't know how how to make jokes about this.
1: <laughs> okay. How make jokes?
0: What do? Jokes, <laughs> all
1: right, all right, Ben, you pick first.
0: Okay.
2: Um, all respect to the Iron Giant, who I didn't, I haven't picked. I'm going to go with my favorite on this list, and I'm
1: going with Mulan. That's fair. Um. I think I'm going to do the same. Um, Shout out to Finding Nemo. Uh, Finding Nemo's great. Uh, But I'm going to go with Toy Story. All right. Hmm.
0: Am I I mistaken in thinking that Stuffed and Mounted Mom also happens in Finding Nemo?
1: Yes. You are mistaken. The mom does get eaten. Mom gets eaten and there's a, like, Billy the Big Mouth Bass Mm -hmm. in the dentist's office. Yeah. I in, don't
0: remember that. In James and the Giant Peach, his parents are killed by, it seems like maybe they were struck by lightning, which is kind of uh, a little weird, but they, they said- got that... killed by the same lightning strike? <laughs> yeah. Or different lightning strikes? Hard to say.
2: Because, yeah. one, real unfortunate, like maybe they're staying close to each other. Two, why did you piss off Zeus?
1: Because <laughs> if
2: two discreet lightning strikes kill two separate
0: married people, yeah, what did you do? <laughs> Yeah. In a poorly advised game of golf, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they were doing some sort of sword dance where they were, like, touching swords as they walked around in the rain mm. of some sort. I don't know. Also, there was some, some parent murder in the Rescuers, too, although it's kind of left up to your imagination, which almost worse. So, yeah. All right. So let's get this last criteria for you guys. Reaching in. And. Okay. That's kind of a good one to go out on. All right. What's the weirdest slash coolest thing about your film?
2: So I get to go first. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we, I believe, all know, uh, the captain in Mulan is played by Donny Osmond. Putting in a, a, a good performance. The captain's great. But as I believe everybody knows by now because it's amazing. In the Chinese versions, both Mandarin and Cantonese, he's played by Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan does his own singing because Jackie Chan
0: is a trained opera singer in Chinese. Well, he's a trained Chinese opera singer. <laughs> yeah. Chinese opera, is it explains his whole career trajectory. Yeah. Read his autobiography. Fascinating. Yeah, he's amazing. And
2: on the special features of Mulan, there is a music video where he sings Be a Man in Chinese, uh, Mandarin. It's great. It's amazing. He is wearing a suit that looks like it's made out of carpet remnants, but he owns it. (laughs) And he's doing crazy martial arts, and it's awesome. That is the best thing about Mulan. And that is from the high bar of I love Mulan. It's great. You forget when you hear Jackie Chan speak English, you're like, okay, he speaks seven
0: languages, and he can sing well in two. (laughs) Yeah, but he can kick ass in all known languages.
2: Well, he only needs to know one. Fist, face, you go down.
0: I think it's more along the lines of Jackie Chan's head meets Iron Object and m- miraculously he's still alive.
2: <laughs> but he makes a funny mugging face to the, the camera and you're like, oh, Jackie, you cad.
0: Jackie Chan is like Mr. Glass except not a wuss. Like he's literally broken everything in his body. He probably has broken bones the same amount as Mr. Glass. I don't know who it, that un- is. Is Unbreakable? Never seen it. Oh God, Unbreakable so good! I could have like written down in an envelope that when I when I when I heard you say, "Oh, I haven't seen it," I was write <laughs> down envelope. Jeff says, "Oh, it's so good." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, Toy Story uh, has some interesting facts about it that I'll just rattle off real quick. Um, one, uh, Buzz Lightyear was almost played by Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> um, two, Woody was supposed to be just a complete asshole in the initial couple of drafts, and they toned it down. And three, the movie was also named. Oh, it was originally working titled named "Moving Buddies." All of these things would have probably ruined Toy Story. Yeah. Um, but that's not the weird thing. Yeah, I know you went awesome, and I'm not even going to try and out awesome Jackie Chan. Singing, uh, be a man because it's it's so great, great. it's glorious <laughs> um it's, it's why bo- i bought the special edition dvd when i already owned it it's bobby rude level glorious so um i'm not even gonna try in front so i'm gonna go with weirdest instead which is the other thing on the criteria here um so we have some weird implications about what is life and what isn't life in toy story so the toys are alive mm-hmm. they can break and then they're dead we know this this is established in canon but if you put enough dead toy pieces together as we see sid do they live again as like kind of zombie broken toys mm-hmm. um so it's just like sewing enough appendages to a toy is what grants it life Like, there's some really weird, like, what-is-life questions that we can really dive into here. Uh, But mostly, I just want everyone to remember the zombie toys with, like, the baby heads on the... They weren't G.I. Joes because they didn't get the license, but the (laughs) effective G.I. Joes. um, And stuff like that, because that's just bizarre, like... That that's how things work in Toy Story. It's really perturbing to think about, like, especially the other, any other living thing that we know of equivalent. I mean,
0: it works in one one way, right? If you take enough limbs off of something, it will stop moving. Um, yeah, yeah. Most creatures, at least. Mm-hmm. I think octopuses can lose an awful lot without stopping.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard for them to move and open yeah. jars and... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: etc. What yeah. yeah, Toy Story could have done with is, uh, some octopuses. I want to know what life is like for octopuses in this Toy Story universe.
1: I mean, probably exactly what it's like in Finding Nemo, because I have to imagine... Same universe. Uh, yeah, Pixar shared universe is a thing.
0: Oh, yeah, that's not even... We don't have to put that together ourselves through the course of, like, 39 episodes of a podcast. No, because no, the,
2: the rocket pizza trucks in not every one of them. Yeah,
1: yeah and, so. and a red ball, too, right? So you know what an octopus is like in the Toy Story universe. It is how we see them in Finding Nemo and Finding It's very Tori. cute. She it's... inked herself.
0: So, Aww. I mean, I guess that, that begs the question, if you cut off, <laughs> if you cut off enough pieces from a fish in the Toy Story universe and then you sew them
1: back on... Do they come back to life? These are the kind of things I want to be talking about right now.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is tough. We've got some, like, some Lovecraftian implications here versus Jackie Chan. (laughs) (sighs) My decision is that if Jackie Chan can't kill Jackie Chan then all of the combined and terrible forces of toys and octopuses in Toy Story probably can't do it either. The point goes to Jackie Chan. Let me be clear. Point does not go to Ben. Point go to Jackie Chan. You know what? I'm okay with it. I love Jackie Chan. Yeah.
2: I love Jackie Chan so much. I love Jackie Chan
1: Adventures. Jackie Chan Adventures. Not that bad. No, but it's not <laughs> as good as I wanted it to be. No, no. It's yeah. not good either, but it's also not that bad.
0: Yeah. Jafar, I'm going to give you a consolation prize. I'm not going to do the same thing to Toy Story that I have done to the Turboverse. That's mm-hmm. my consolation prize to you. Unless you want me to. Then maybe I, I'll do the same thing.
1: I don't even... We've done so much with the Turboverse, I don't exactly know what you mean right now. <laughs> um, I mean making it a constant
0: fixture of our podcast and diving quite deeply into the body horror
1: slash genetic
0: mutational horror implications of it.
1: Yeah, let's just let's just stick
0: with the turboverse stuff. That's funny. Yeah. Cool. But is Toy Story Turboverse? Or TurboVerse Adjacent? Oh totally. It's Find a- out next time on the next exciting episode of Draft the Universe.
1: No, no, we know we can't not pick a topic again. <laughs> yeah, No, we know what happened this time. We can't not do it again. Full stop. Um, okay, so um, I took second, mm-hmm. so I get to pick the next topic, and football season is coming up. Indeed it is. Which means fantasy football season is coming up. Which means I've got a lot of drafts I got to prep for because I'm in like five fantasy football leagues that's, this year. Yes, yeah, poor planning. It's a lot of fantasy football leagues, so I got to double up on my research here. Which is why next week we're drafting sports. Huh. All right. I know plenty enough about sports to draft sports, and you get first pick, so you can get hockey out of the way for yourself real quick. Mm-hmm. I assume because you're Canadian. You're taking hockey
2: i thought he would go with moose polo
1: i don't
0: that's kind of offensive just a little bit
1: i mean maybe lacrosse that's that's kind of big up there i love lacrosse we'll hear about it next week yeah
0: in the meantime thanks as always to the kickstand band for our theme song how it feels and uh congratulations to uh gordon and allison who are getting married this weekend Aw, congratulations, yeah. congratulations guys
2: congratulations uh, guys feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at
1: uh, let us know what your favorite animated films are we'll probably read fan mail on the air mm-hmm. going forward so send in those letters Yep, um, immortalize
0: yourself on an episode of this podcast keep in mind one day this will be in the library of congress
2: after
1: hopefully good things yeah so um, the other thing you can do to reach out to us is head over to facebook.com slash draft the universe follow us on twitter at draftverse and on both platforms use the hashtag draft the universe to join the conversation let us know how you feel and we'll see you s- next time guys <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man <laughs> Something like that, yeah.
0: Oh. Last five minutes, it doesn't sound like you're getting any Slurpee out of that thing. It sounds like you're just sucking on a dry straw.
1: Sometimes you just got to suck on a dry straw, man. Sometimes that's life. Life is a dry straw. Life is a dry straw. I'm going to run. Oh, no,
0: no. I'm going to slurp it all night long.
1: Bing, 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 bing. That was rhythmic slurping.